Hi everyone, I'm Les. And I'm Ashley. And you're listening to Anthropotamus, where we explore some of your favorite anthropology topics. Hey everyone, today we are discussing Arctic Madness by Pierre Deluge. Uh, the anthropology of a delusion, and um, wow, what do we say about this book? Well, it, there was a lot of delusion in it. <laughs> there was definitely a lot of delusion. Um, not to say anything bad about the author. He just collected a lot of the uh, information and assembled this this uh, wonderful, um, I'm not sure what else Biography? To call it. Yeah, um, biography. Um, yeah, this journey. Wow, this journey. okay. So I'm, definitely a journey. I'm not going to lie, I do have mixed feelings about this book. Um, something about the order in which the information was presented um, threw me off. It did feel like it was a bit jumpy. It was. There are definitely some memorable parts in this book. So we should also <laughs> introduce the uh, third guest that we have in the room. This is my wife, Brittany Coons. Hi. So uh, Brittany um, helped us do a little review before this podcast, so we thought we'd have her join us today. Um, man, uh, I don't even. I don't even know where. It's okay. Let's just say it's not a bad book. It was worth reading. It was worth reading. It's like a hundred page pages long. You can easily get through this. There are some very interesting highlights to this man's life. <laughs> um, <laughs> what were your thoughts on Brittany? <laughs> just a brief portion of the exit that you went through. What were your thoughts? <laughs> just wow. <laughs> yeah, so. Okay. First impression when I first began this first few pages. So, so the book is about uh, Emil. Uh, uh, okay, so let's just start by saying this: I cannot pronounce most of the names in this book. I have never once studied French. Yeah, same. Yes. I've, so, I've studied Spanish, and I can barely pronounce names in Spanish. I so. have studied Spanish, Arabic, Farsi. Who knows whatever languages I've studied, uh, not French. And so his name, so this book is about Emile Petitot. Did I say Emile, that right? I don't Emile know if was, I said that right. I it was uh, Emile Petitot. <laughs> okay. That actually sounds very good. Good job on that. <laughs> uh, and he, he went out to the Arctic. He was a priest, um, studied the Dene. So it starts off with him on this train. <sighs> Going to I don't know a mission. Would you call it a mission? Yeah, I would say he was mission. on his way to his mission, and starts and I guess he he's discussing about he's talking to this young girl, and this young girl is flirting with him, and how they think he's rich because he has a pocket watch or some crap like that. Some and right there. there's some delusion right there, and it just made me think of you know the guys that run into you on the bus station who you just happen to politely smile and say hi and all of a sudden they think you're flirting with them and have a delusion that all of a sudden you're interested in them and so when I'm reading this I'm thinking this is like two pages into the book and I'm thinking this guy is full of himself oh yeah there's some narcissism going on there um just some just some yeah um I'm a master of understanding and understanding okay so yes, definitely. Um, you start reading this book and you're like, "Wow, this priest is full of himself." But um, it just it just just keeps going from there and just keeps getting worse. Um, 
um, goes goes straight into um, you know the hints. Uh, would I say call it a hint of homosexuality? I would not call it a hint of homosexuality. Just broad pre- strokes of <laughs> homosexuality for um, sure. Priest was definitely crushing on one of the Danny men. Um, yeah, so I, I do think this man acknowledged that the priest had a crush on him. I don't know, is crush the right word? He was, I don't know, I feel like crush is an infatuation. There was some, there we go, infatuation, I like that word better. Um, and I almost felt like he was okay with it, maybe? Woke people. <laughs> woke people. Wow, you just used woke. But, um, yeah, and I, I, I really just kind of feel like that his realization that He's homosexual, but in the time and in a position where homosexuality was looked down upon, especially as a priest, I mean, I encouraged his belief that he needs to punish himself, which, you know, going further into the book, we definitely see him punishing himself and going yeah. a little mad. Yeah. Well, where do I go from there? <laughs> well, I mean... We don't want to jump right into the uh, the best part, I guess. Yes, I'm trying to avoid the best part of this book. Let's talk a little bit about why he kept going back. When I, he went back a number of times, yes. and each time he, he got worse. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Mentally, as in he became mentally worse. Yeah, he, he was sliding into his delusions. Uh, there was a fair bit of paranoia, right? A, a fair bit, yeah. yeah. A fair bit would be an <laughs> understatement. Uh, a lot of well, I would say a lot. Lots. A lot of paranoia <laughs> going on there. And just how he perceived uh, the world. Basically thinking that everybody in that world. Yeah, in, in relation specifically to um, anti-Semitism, I think. <sighs> what the Mormon? I mean, he was, it was coming from both sides. He really thought both the tribe and the priest were coming at him. And Well, let's talk about why he thought that... Um, the Dene people were, was it that um, they were the descendants of uh, the... Yes, so he had, he came up with this idea that these must be descendants of the Lost Tribe. Which the, these people live in the Arctic, correct? Yes, so North America. So, yeah, so the Lost Tribe, What what's a Lost Tribe? So we're referring to Judaism, Israel, um, and at this time, and then and he discusses also about how there were others who were trying to make this connection, right? And I mean, now we know about, you know, uh, we have this theory of people migrating from Israel, the, 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 the land bridge into America, and I, but they, there is this belief that the Jews had come from the Middle East or Asia to North America and that's where these tribes descended from and he really had this biased belief where he was trying to just grab hold of any evidence he could find to support this theory and really he didn't and have the clear any evidence. Of, it's a clear example of confirmation bias right there right. too. Um, right. He, he had an idea that he wanted to find evidence to fulfill and that's exactly what he did. He, he was looking specifically for that information. It's pretty clear that as we go through the book, he's he's tailoring the information he's drawing in to fit his narrative. And then combine this with his Arctic madness. I guess what the author brings up is very common, especially in wintertime, even when the native females would go into this madness, um, which he was experiencing, um, the paranoia, 
um, he had he was going into this idea that him and one of his colleagues were the Antichrist, there's the Resurrection Christ and the Antichrist, going back and forth about who was who was which and so basically when, I guess what I was trying to say is he has this he has this theory that he's trying to prove, grabbing all hold of the strings here, while at the same time going crazy and it just uh yeah, it just goes. Well, it definitely <laughs> relates to his um his own homophobia that was there mm-hmm. uh, instilled in him because of his you know religious beliefs and his society. You know the the person that he had you know he was infatuated with just being the object of either his um, salvation or his damnation. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely kind of refocused the the duality of his delusions. You know, it, it was um a very vicious cycle for him. Yes. In his life. And, you know, they discussed about how he would leave and he would get better and never come back. And this whole time I'm thinking, why do you keep sending this man back to the Arctic? He obviously is not doing okay there. But um. <laughs> Good point. Why would, you, why would you continue to send somebody back? He had, he had a love. He had a love for it, I think, um, for these tribes and there. Um, and, you know, he does mention, and I'll probably discuss this further on later, but how... Um, I mean, he obviously had a lot of biases. Um, he was crazy. Um, but he did a lot of work that provided information and knowledge on the tribe's language and creating um, resources to their um, way of life and their mythologies and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I might be going off topic here, but it made me think about how we learn often is in the past, yes, museums in the past had preserved these artifacts or documented these people's lives while at the same time just that's how destroying a culture um, and um, having very negative impact. So, I mean, it was just a reminder. Yes, we may have these these materials from these anthropologists and these researchers and scientists, but at what cost? Well, that, that also sort of leans into the whole issue there. And one of the things that you see so just a lot with um, the authors of these ethnographies, anthropologists, is that you know they'll they'll go out and they'll visit this other culture and they'll learn everything they can about them. And you know you'll you'll see a lot in epigraphs and you know other things like that that they really just fall in love with the culture, right? And you know that's where the idea of culture shock comes from. It's not really, it's not so much an idea as a reality. Once you start to disassociate yourself from your own culture and associate with yourself with a culture that you can never belong to, it, you know, a lot of people just really rocks the way you view the world. Mm-hmm. Which can't have helped his delusions. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I think especially in a time period where, um, I mean, now we have this, I don't know if, well, some of us, not all of us, right? We still have this struggle within our societies where um, accepting other people's perspectives, but it's, I mean, it's, I mean, I think other perspectives are more broadly acknowledged and accepted now, but at that time period, if you're not one of us, then you must be converted and become one of us. Mm-hmm. So he's falling in love with this culture that he's being told is wrong. Um, which again does kind of play into the way he 
his views has developed. I mean, he uh, is definitely uh, infatuated with uh, with at least two different men that are in the book, and um, you know his uh, ideas about what was right and what was wrong as far as sexuality goes really played into his mm-hmm. delusions and um, caused him some major harm. Major harm, severe harm. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's a good a good time to to really dive <sighs> into the. Wow. I don't want to um, make it too too, too know, graphic. Too graphic, but yeah, uh, uh, into the um, right. So going going back far. into him <laughs> trying to prove uh, that these that the Danny were were part of the lost tribe. You know, we know that circumcision is is a, a well known practice, Judaic practice. Um, and uh, he, he really, I mean, his his obsession with circumcision was extremely unhealthy, to say the least. I don't, I don't know how else to word it. I well, mean, we can word it like this. There was a line that said he still had a little corona. <laughs> oh, wow. A l- so it was, uh, it was a little unhealthy. So let's just say um, he circumcised himself more than once. Um, I'm not... So just as a note, I'm pretty sure that you can only circumcise yourself once, but I'm not a doctor and I am not um, I, I, I am not Jewish either. So if I'm wrong, please feel free to correct me. Um, I guess if you only circumcise a small piece of it, <laughs> little by little, later, I don't. A lifelong oh. circumcision. Oh, so. You know, he circumcised himself more than once, and it got to the point where I'm reading the book, and I'm like, well, what is there left to circumcise? Um. <laughs> I, think, I think we could also talk about, like, how he got to the idea that they were circumcised, and it was saying that he was combined thinking of their words, and he probably mistranslated it. Thank you. And did uh, it on purpose. They were probably talking about uh, rem- cutting off the umbilical cord. And he, the words were very closely linked, and he decided to latch on to the whole circumcision aspect, and because of his confirmation bias. Exactly right there, confirmation bias. It, it, um, it very, it was very easy for him to, um, we'll, we'll just say misinterpret, uh, misinterpret. I the, don't uh, think it was easy to misinterpret. I think he purposely misinterpreted to support his theory. That's confirmation bias. Whether or not he understood that it was uh, uh, the umbilical cord they were talking about or not, he was definitely wanting it to be circumcision. So he, uh, he, 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 I think he said, they said in the book that he interpreted it as code so that others around them wouldn't um, know what they were talking about. So again, more delusion. Um, a lot of paranoia there, like they were trying to keep mm-hmm. it secret. Um, and then there was an aspect of, um, I want to say gatekeeping, but I'm not sure if that's the right word. Um, we were reading through it and it was like, well, are you like us? Or he's not like us. Why isn't he doing what he needs to do? And that was... And you know, I don't know if I really want to go further into that. Because no? I almost feel like we're going to take away too much of the book from if people want to read it. Oh, good point. Good point. So we don't want to dive too heavily into it, but there was definitely something worth reading. I recommend reading it as a group. Uh, we had we had my wife uh, Brittany 
read through a, a small excerpt of it before we actually started the, uh, the recording just uh, a little bit ago here. And, oh, man, we had a riot of a time. It was... Um, and not to say that the, the book was... We were laughing because the book was bad. It was just so outrageous and so crazy, the things he was doing that we just... It was horrific. It was it horrific. Was also, um, hard yeah. to believe. Yeah, it was outlandishly hard to believe. And I'll say that and with all with all seriousness. Um, I, I could not wrap my head around the idea of that kind of self-mutilation. Uh, to a point where it was just like we couldn't do anything but find a way to laugh off that energy. It was, like I said, it was a fun time reading it with the group because you can look at that and say, wow, this is weird. What wow. is going on here? Whereas when I was reading it alone, uh, I'll be full disclosure, I, um, I had to skim through this part. Uh, it, was, um, it was very, it felt macabre. It also probably helps that I can't pronounce a lot of these French names. <laughs> so I was using fillers to make it more readable, so that might have contributed. So if you struggle with French names, read it for everybody else. <laughs> yeah, I definitely skimmed the names when I was uh, reading through this because I cannot pronounce any of these names. We found at the beginning of this podcast that I have an uncanny knack for pronouncing names. That is true. You did a very good job uh, pronouncing his name because I could not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't say it right. Um, but yeah, but I would definitely. I would. Don't read this alone. Read yeah. this. Don't read this alone. Read this as a group. Discuss it. Um, try to understand a little bit about. Um, you know, uh, I probably shouldn't say uh, say that, but yeah, discuss it with other with others for sure. It's probably going to help you understand um, the human mind better just by just by understanding what went you know I don't know if that helped me understand the human mind better I felt very confused (laughs) trying to understand what he was going through but I'm not delusional at least I I hope I'm not (laughs) (laughs) what a delusional person say that they're not delusional who knows I don't know Um, I hope I'm not delusional Uh, I just it's um I learned something. I just don't know what it was. (laughs) I learned that I certainly don't want to um, have a second circumcision. (laughs) Or third or fourth. Or third or fourth. Um, Let's just say that there came to a point where he was asking people. I don't even want to. You know what? I'm not going to say anything else. Read the book. Read the book. Um, Get into a group. Read it out loud together. The hundred pages. It'll be very quick. You know what? Have a few drinks to get. I don't drink. If you drink, though, get in a group, drink, and read the book out loud. That would probably be a riot. That would be ama- That would probably be an amazing night, honestly. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, any, any other thoughts? I don't want to go into too much because I want people to read this book together. So as, as you can tell, we all um, definitely enjoyed it. But again, we enjoyed it more as a group than uh, on our own. Uh, it It's... You know, a lot is going on there. There's some parts that are tragic, some parts that are um, very intriguing, and other parts that are just, you know, bizarre, right? So it, it'll it'll hold your interest. It'll hold your interest. And, you know, just having a group dynamic to discuss it will, you know, definitely increase that, um, the enjoyment. Uh, and this is, this is 
coming from the uh, the minds of you know free Americans, not um, not French uh, citizens who are you know, who are reading this you know in a translation. So uh, I don't know. Maybe the um, the original in French is uh, a little bit different. Maybe it's better. Um, if you That's have true. any comments, do feel free to reach out to us and let us know what you think about it. So once again, we were discussing Arctic Madness, the Anthropology of Delusion by Pierre Delige. Delige? D-E-L-E-A-G-E. That's how you spell his last name. Uh, Arctic Madness. Um, please, as, as Les said, please feel free to uh, head over to our Instagram page or Twitter to leave a comment. And we will definitely get back to you. Thank you all for listening. Please continue to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Anthropotamus for our latest episodes, show notes, and book discussion schedule.